Hey guys, and welcome back to the next podcast. Thank you for joining. In this podcast, I'm going to run through pretty much just nutrition around the menstrual cycle and also nutrition with menopause. So I hope you enjoy. To start with, what I'm kind of going to just run through is um, the menstrual cycle itself. So what you eat around your cycle can help with your energy levels, um, any premenstrual symptoms, your digestion and your mood. So your cycle is pretty much dictated by your hormones. It's the combination of these hormones that are produced in the pituitary gland and the ovaries that are ultimately responsible for your menstrual cycle. So the menstrual cycle varies um, across individuals, across cycle to cycle and across your development, but they're usually anywhere between um, 24 to 38 days in length. And the time that you are actually bleeding, so your um, first phase is anywhere between three and seven days. This is always called your um, menses. So your this is your actual menstrual phase. Um, after you've gone through your period, you enter, enter your follicular phase. In this phase, your ovaries gradually increase their production of estrogen. And this will increase the, um, basically it helps the lining in your uterus to start growing. Estrogen is a female sex hormone. It contributes towards a variety of different things, including cognitive health, bone health, cardiovascular system. Um, It maintains, like I said, the thickness of the wall in your vagina and also promotes the lubrication. It's important um, for breast development too. So any imbalances in those estrogen levels can lead to things like irregular periods, um, more severe PMS, hot flashes, mood changes, weight gain, low sex drive and fatigue. So during the follicular phase, this is when the production of estrogen is starting to increase. You also have levels of um, follicle stimulating hormone and this is going to basically prepare the next egg to be released. You've got um, follicles in your ovaries essentially. And these are fluid-filled sacs containing the egg. And the dominant follicle, the one that is the largest, that's basically what this hormone is stimulating to produce. And then this, when this um, sac bursts, is going to be released into your fallopian tubes, which will travel down into the uterus. So that happens at around day 14. Your estrogen levels have surged by this point. Um, And along along with the release of your luteinizing hormone, This produces the process called ovulation, which is when that follicle burst bursts and then um, the egg is or eggs if you're having twins. Shout out to the bro um, are released into the (coughs) fallopian tubes and then on into the ovaries. So after this, you enter into your luteal phase. This is essentially when the progesterone starts to increase. Progesterone prepares the basically your uterus for a fertilized egg it's going to influence your mood and support your thyroid functioning and it actually is really important for mood because it can act as a um, natural antidepressant to lower anxiety because it can be converted into a neurosteroid that influences GABA. GABA is basically one of the receptors which has a major role in controlling your anxiety your stress and your fear. So low levels of progesterone can be linked similarly to irregular menstrual periods, um, difficulty conceiving, mood changes and trouble sleeping. So as you can see, 
throughout your cycle, there is always this relationship between hormones. Some At some stage, your estrogen is high. At some stage, your estrogen is low. At other stages, your progesterone is high and your progesterone is low. When you are first in that period, so when you are actually bleeding, both your progesterone and estrogen are at their lowest. And then they start to relatively increase throughout the um, cycle with your estrogen peaking in that first period and then your progesterone as well. So this does have an influence essentially on what foods can be recommended to eat during this time. So when you are on your period... It's essentially a controlled inflammatory response because you have no progesterone in your body at this point. Well, I'd say no lower levels. Um, it can lead to the development of prostaglandins. So progesterone is a natural anti-inflammatory. So when it's not there in the same levels, it leads to these uh, prostaglandins. Pro- wow, that's a hard word to say. Prostaglandins. And these... Um, can increase the inflammation in the surrounding areas. So it could be in the uterine muscles or it could also be in the gut. This is when you can experience any sort of like premenstrual symptoms. So if you experience cramp or anything, that can be down to those prostaglandins. And also any sort of gut health problems can be related to that because it can cause inflammation in the gut as well. So that's why you may experience things around like constipation, diarrhea, indigestion. Um, It's because of this, because your gut is experiencing an inflammatory response. So it's just like it's in distress and it's trying to address this. So during this phase, you want to be eating foods that are anti-inflammatory. And some examples of this are going to be your berries, so blackberries, blueberries, it could also be things like kidney beans, flaxseed, sweet potato, beetroot, mushrooms, pumpkin seeds, peanuts. So all of those foods are going to be really, really good for helping support your body during that first phase of your cycle when you are bleeding. Some example meals could be things like porridge with blueberries, flaxseed and peanut butter, sweet potato with a bean-based chili con carne or it could be poached eggs on toast with mushrooms and pumpkin seeds so it's these sort of foods that are really going to help your body because they're going to help to mitigate and reduce this inflammatory response that both your uterus and essentially your gut are experiencing in the next phase in that follicular phase This is essentially when your hormones are starting to increase again, your energy levels and your concentration tend to be at their highest. So it's during this time that you can kind of just try out new foods because your body is going to adapt well to it. Your gut's probably going to be in a better state as well because it's getting um, a little bit more estrogen. That inflammatory response isn't there to the same extent. So you could really just try different foods during this time, like I said. Some foods that are really still going to benefit the body at this time include your broccoli, carrots, peas, so essentially your fruit and veg, and then your healthy fats, so avocado, eggs, fish, peanut butter. During this phase, I would highly recommend eating something alongside the Mediterranean diet. It's a fabulous diet in a sense of what it can help support your body to do. There are links between the Mediterranean diet and mental health, so one study that I've researched into recently basically showed that 
those that were on the, uh, consuming the Mediterranean diet had lower levels of depression, anxiety. It's kind of based more around your getting a good amount of fruit and veg in, um, fish primarily rather than any sort of other red meats um, and also your healthy fats. So avocados, your olive oils, um, your nuts and then your carbohydrate source tends to be more of your whole grains, um, your sweet potato, your quinoa. So that could be a really nice diet to eat during this time. In the next phase, in your ovulatory phase, when um, the egg is released into the fallopian tubes, it's at this point that you're going to want to eat foods that are going to help your body to detox. So during this time, you want to help your liver. It's got a hard job breaking down the toxins in the body and also flushing away excess estrogen because it's at this point that estrogen is at its highest. So you want to be feeding it with foods like cruciferous veg, um, that's going to be your kale or your spinach, quinoa, um, your nuts, your salmon, your tuna, your red pepper, your spinach, your berries, melons, um, dark chocolate. So it's during this time that you really want to help your liver as much as possible to just facilitate its job. And this is just going to really, really help in that run up to your period as well. So in the luteal phase, um, this is when progesterone is starting to increase and those PMS symptoms can start to kick in. So during this time, you might want to actually avoid salts and sugars, despite what you crave. It's better to provide your body with complex carbs that it can use for stable energy um, and also try to avoid too much caffeine um, because it's a lot for your liver to still process at the same time as trying to get rid of that excess estrogen and it can worsen um, PMS. Um, And also caffeine can have an impact on your levels of vitamin B and magnesium, which can then have a downstream effect on um, the way that you feel at that time as well. So in that run up to your period, okay, when that PMS might be starting to kick your ass and you're like, I've got these cravings, some really good foods to start to reach towards are things like dark chocolate, um, nuts, nut butters, bananas, um, berries, peaches, pears, your nut, uh, your like peppermint tea, things like that. So you could think about doing a smoothie um, with your banana, spinach, protein, walnuts. Um, You could have grilled chicken with brown rice and some like garlic, crispy chili kale. You could have a cod fillet with sweet potato and salad. If you're experiencing any sort of cravings, then it could be something like one snack that I really love for my clients during this time is chopping up a banana, dipping it in peanut butter, freezing that, then dipping that in dark chocolate and freezing that. Sounds like you have a lot of freezing to do. But honestly, having those ready as a little snack, peanut butter, chocolate, banana, lovely. It could even be that you cut up an apple and you've got some peanut butter, some runny peanut butter, and you've melted some chocolate and you just sit there and you dip your apple into them. Those sorts of things are going to help with those cravings because you're giving your body a little bit of what it wants. Um, but you're also actually providing it with foods it can use to help that detoxification during that time. So I hope that kind of made sense. I feel like I rambled on a little bit. Um, But if you do want to see this in writing, 
then I have obviously um, made a document with all of this information on. So please drop me a message on Instagram. Um, my bio is ege underscore coaching and I will send you across the document around this. So obviously your menstrual cycle is a very big part of your life. Um, and it's from, the, I mean, the ages of females that are actually getting their menstrual cycle seems to be getting younger and younger. But when you start to reach this 30s, 40s, 50s, your menstrual cycle can actually, like the PMS in particular, can get a lot worse in your 30s and 40s in your run-up to menopause. This is called your perimenopause, essentially. And if you are experiencing this, so if you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and you're like, wow, my PMS is kicking my ass, it's worse than it ever used to be, or my periods are more painful, then it might be worthwhile actually just checking in with the doctor, seeing if you can get a hormone um, panel done and just starting to see if you are reaching into that perimenopause time. Because it's at this point that things like HRT, so hormone replacement therapy, the earlier you start that, when your your hormone level is starting to change, the more benefit you can have from that. It's like quite well researched um, that you want to start HRT before actually hitting that menopause stage. Um, but that was just me having a bit of a side note. Anyway, during menopause, your estrogen levels start to drop, okay? Um, and menopause is categorised as basically going 12 months without a period, and it typically occurs around the age of 45 to 55, but it can last anywhere between 7 to 14 years. Perimenopause, like I said, is the transition from your menstrual cycle to menopause, and it can, it can last around one to two years. It can be linked to things like irregular periods, increased mood difficulties, fatigue, and then your, your periods getting more painful and your PMS getting a little bit worse. Um, so your estrogen, your progesterone and your testosterone levels are all kind of starting to fall during this time. Um, and obviously that's going to have an impact on your things like weight gain, um, bloating, things like hot flashes, um, mood swings, your energy levels, your ability to sleep, things like dryness of both the skin and the vagina and hair loss and joint pain. So there's a a lot of things that are happening during this time and one thing that I think that we want to also address is how estrogen is impacting your gut. So as estrogen declines your gut microbiome is changing. Basically your bacteria diversity within the gut is decreasing and you want back to you want you want gut diversity when it comes to bacteria because you don't want one type of bacteria dominating and having control over what happens in the gut the more diversity there is the more healthier your gut is going to be and this can lead to potential imbalances in the gut such as things like eventually bloating constipation cramps and gas so you want to be trying to have foods that are going to help your body during this time and help your gut during this time. So my main hints and tips for both perimenopause and, pen and, and menopause is trying to reduce your intake of starchy carbs. So opt for things like oats, quinoa, whole grain pasta, whole grain rice, sweet potato, those sorts of carbohydrates 
are going to be less inflammatory for you than things like starchy ones. So white bread, um, pizza, that sort of stuff. Um, get as much fruit and veg into your diet as you can because those vitamins and minerals are going to be really, really important at this time. And they're also going to help you feeling fuller for longer without spiking any blood sugar levels, um, which is important. I would highly recommend aiming for at least one portion of protein in every meal. During menopause, um, with your levels of testosterone reducing, it can make it harder to maintain muscle. Therefore, we want to do everything we can to help mitigate this. And incorporating protein into your diet is one of these things. Um, one thing that has been researched and has some, often been recommended is having a, a source of protein before bed to help mitigate any muscle breakdown throughout the night. That could literally be a Greek yogurt bowl with some berries, a little bit of peanut butter or something like that. It doesn't need to be... I'm going to have to eat a chicken breast before I go to bed. It doesn't need to be that. Um, there are some really, really great sources of protein that you can have before bed. So like I mentioned, your Greek yogurt, your oats, your whey protein, you can incorporate all things like that into it. Um, you've got peanut butter. Don't doesn't need to be a huge meal before bed. It could literally be something very small like that. Um, but it can and has been researched to help mitigate any sort of breakdown overnight um opt for unsaturated fats rather than saturated fats because your sat fats are going to be more inflammatory so this kind of means opting for avocado um nuts and seeds rather than things like butter um and like cakes and things like that and try your best to get your two portions of fish in a week because they're going to be really good um for your omega-3 and omega-6 um there are obviously um so many more recommendations um reducing snacking because it puts less demand on your digestive system um like i said reducing your caffeine reducing your alcohol um especially in that perimenopause state alcohol can really make those hot flushes worse ensuring you're staying hydrated um again with the hot flushes um, and specific vitamins and minerals that you can think that can kind of help. Um, you want to focus on getting a good source of calcium into your diet. So this could be milk, yogurt, oranges, peas, things like that. You want to focus on getting some vitamin D into your diet. Um, so your salmon, your tuna and your eggs, a good amount of fibre, your um, magnesium can be really important at this time. So almonds beans and whole grains um and then things like iron and vitamin k for that bone tissue structure because your bone density during perimenopause and menopause is essential and i'll probably do a separate podcast on that um so like one meal that you could that you could have that would be really great for this during your perimenopause or your menopause could be a salmon fillet um with let's have a look what else could we do so salmon fillet with a sweet potato alongside some um like some veg that has been fried off together it could be some kale you could put some peas in there um so you've got both your calcium your vitamin d you've got a good amount of fiber um 
and then what else can we put in so yeah you're going to do kale you're going to put some peas in there you're going to cook it off in some garlic um and you're going to add in um some red pepper some tomatoes and you're going to fry them off together you're going to have your salmon fillet your sweet potato drizzle a little bit of olive oil over the top and then a sprinkle of pumpkin seeds sorted you have a meal there that has got a good amount of calcium vitamin d fiber magnesium and iron and it's also got healthy fats in it's got a really really great carbohydrate source and you're getting protein for them from that salmon it doesn't need to be overly complicated um like i recommended the mediterranean diet in in and of itself is perfect during perimenopause and menopause because it really balances exactly what we're looking for to help support that body and help support that gut and to minimize any sort of inflammatory response within the body um but yeah they're kind of like the example meals i would i can run through an example breakfast for the menopause could be a smoothie with some oats some frozen fruit a handful of spinach some whey protein and some flaxseed a lunch could be a roasted chickpea with sweet potato butter bowl your dinner could be moroccan tangine with couscous apricots and chopped almonds and a snack of apple and peanut butter sorted i will obviously i also have a document on menopause and eating around the menopause so if you'd like that as well then please drop me a message but I know this one's been a little bit of a longer podcast. It's kind of been me throwing more information your way. Um, but I hope that it's helped you understand that there are things that you can do to support your body, whether you're going through the menstrual cycle or whether you're in perimenopause or menopause. You can really help your body to function at its best during this time. It can help with your energy levels, your mood and my mindset is if you can do anything to help then why not and with nutrition being something that we do every day it's a fundamental to our life and these small little changes have such a big effect on how you feel and then how you turn up for the world and how you turn up for your job or your friends or your family that I think it's a crucial thing to touch upon and I think it's something that needs to be spoken about in so much more detail But if you do have any questions, then please obviously drop me a message on um, Facebook or drop me a message on Instagram and I would love to talk more. I hope you found this informative and thank you for tuning in for yet again another podcast. I will see you for the next one. Bye, guys.